0: Some may say it's hopeless, they must have never met my God Some may say it's over, but it was finished on the cross Some may say it's broken, but the healer's in the room Some may say it's hopeless, but I know God's about to move to mm-hmm. lose started shaking all their dark
1: Give him praise. Just say, yes, Lord. Glory to your name. You are from everlasting to everlasting. The blood of Jesus heals. It restores. It completely has a way of mending the brokenhearted. You know, first service, we had two families that recently lost their loved ones to murder and here at this service we have a family that recently lost a loved one to murder they're murdering people like we're disposable there's already been I think 72 murders in Albuquerque and we're only in July Guys, we need to pray that this spirit of death leave this state for good, the spirit of murder. There's also a young man in our church that is a fellow motorcyclist. He's a biker and got in a very serious motorcycle accident. Broke his neck and broke his back and he didn't know if he was gonna make it. And he's here today. (laughs) So, I don't know if anyone else has lost a loved one to murder, but there was a young man named Antonio. My middle name's Antonio, so I would always call him my tocayo. But his his friends, all call him Burrito. I go, get burrito? Burrito, you know? But he was an amazing young 26-year-old man that life was cut short. His mama and all of her family are here. All of you that were part of Anthony's life, Antonio's life, Burrito's life, come up here. Leslie, would you and your family come here? We'd like to pray with you. Simon, we want to pray for you, brother. Make your way up here. There's people here that can help you if you need it. And I know there's some of burritos fellow writer was here make your way up if you're part of this family you come up here with them one of our dear gideon brethren his wife of 49 years just went home to jesus and yet he's here to worship the lord with us ben make your way up so we can pray over you and your family So. Prayer team, you all make your way up here. You need to come and pray with these people. Encourage them. Pray over them. The mass, just lay hands on them and encourage them. Heavenly Father, we cry out to you in the name of Jesus Christ on behalf of these broken-hearted people. And there's others, Lord God, some watching online. Father God, some that are facing chronic illness cancers and other horrible diseases Lord we think of Curtis fighting for his life in the hospital right now fell off the roof and broke his back and he hasn't been able to move his legs yet or his lower extremity we pray complete recovery Father we pray for Simon and thank you for sparing his life and Lord we pray complete recovery from his neck, his back. Just meet his every need, Lord. Be over him and strengthen him. Father, for those that have lost loved ones, we pray for Ben and his family and all those that have lost loved ones too. A natural death. And then we pray for Leslie and her family, Lord, for Antonio's family. God, we remember Burrito and his big old smile, his joy that he had come to know through you. I pray that your peace, love, and grace fall over them and just saturate them with your love and grace. Saturate them with your mercy. Saturate them with your power. That, God, they could experience the love of God in the midst of this tragedy. I pray, Father God, that they could learn to say the words of Jesus when he hung on the cross looking down and he saw the soldiers that were gambling for his garments and yet he uttered the words forgive them for they don't even know what they do father god help them forgive so that they don't carry this bitterness and become as ugly as the murderer father god help them heal but bring justice god our state is so flipped upside down lord people are not having to do any time for murder Father God, be with their family. Be with the Recio family. Be with other families that are hurting God. We pray justice. Justice in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We love you. I pray for everyone else's other needs. Marital needs, problems, relational needs, physical needs. Father God, for those watching online or those in this house, we just lift up your name and we say yes. Thank you, Jesus for the blood of life. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord and God's people said amen. God bless you, church. Continue to worship.
2: to come our victory that we take a quick second and just greet your person next to you and just thank them for coming in this morning. Good morning my family. Once again, we welcome you into the house of God. Uh, church, uh, nothing warms my heart. Let me tell you what the Lord kind of just warmed my heart this morning. Watching you guys just uh, worship and pray over our family. You know, that's that's what community is all about and that's what church is all about and I thank uh, I thank you for being a part of it. Church, my name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church and um, why don't we welcome our family that's live streaming right now? We have a big group of people live streaming right now, and we welcome them into the house. Uh, we want to see them here soon as well. And so we hope they can make it church. Uh, just a couple of things that I want to catch you up on before we turn over the platform to our senior pastor. Uh, so excited about what God is doing in the life of the men of, uh, of new beginnings And one of those things we've been talking about is our men's retreat that is coming up on September 8th, 9th, and 10th. And church, I say thank you so much for encouraging those around you, the men in your life, men of God that are in here that have signed up for that retreat. We say thank you. And just a quick update, uh, we just have very few spots available uh, uh, left for the men's retreat, especially for our early bird special uh, pre-registration. If you have not yet... uh, gone ahead and signed up for um, the men's retreat for 2023, I encourage you to do so. If you have questions on any of it, you can come to me. You come to Pastor Richard um, and ask us those questions. Brother Tomas will have all the information as well, um, who's obviously on staff with us, and he's just a big part of it, and he loves it, and he's a big cheerleader for it. And if you were there last year, uh, I want you to be a big cheerleader for it because you know how much life change happens at those retreats when men of god get together and obviously when women of god get together it's just an amazing time uh what the lord does in those intimate moments just kind of unplugged away from your everyday mundane life that we feel that we live and you're able to disconnect and be out there with other men of god and how the lord just works uh just an amazing amazing way out there amen And so if you have any questions on it, please come and ask. Maybe you have questions on how do I sign up? How do I do this? Any question, all right? There's no question that's off limits that you guys can ask us because we want to make sure that you have all the information necessary to get you guys there because we're excited about what the Lord is going to do. Again, September 8th, 9th, and 10th, the QR code is behind me. So maybe you're saying, how do I sign up? Can I sign up through my cell phone? Yes, you can. Point your your camera up on this one, on this QR code behind me you click on the link that pops up it'll take you right to our registration portal and you can just follow the prompts there a loved brother came up to me right after uh, first service and he said "Uh, will you help me sign up for men's retreat i said finally somebody took me on my offer i've been talking about this for like two years and finally somebody said will you help me because we always get that ain't nobody helping me We get that speech and we say, please, if you need help, let me know, please. And so if you need help, we would love to help you. Anything we can do to get you there. Maybe you're saying uh, we need help. Maybe there are no finances there. Well, guess what? We had some generous, generous uh, donations come in. And so we're able to scholarship uh, a couple of fees uh, off of that. And whatever it takes, we want to make sure to get you guys there. So we're so excited about what the Lord is doing there. Okay. Also, speaking of men of God. Uh, there is a men of honor rally. Uh, you, some of you guys have been asking, what's going on with men, men of honor? Uh, we haven't had it here with the church in a few months, or actually a couple of those rotations. Because church, New Beginnings believes that we have to link arms with churches outside of these walls, right? The church, the global church, the church at large. We feel we need to link arms. You know, we say, guys... Take it to other churches, because they need, they need God in that community. They need God, because we all don't live in 87109, do we? Uh, I live 8, 87120, 87105, 87121. So guess what? Take it over there, too, because we're going to partner with you over there, too. So men of God in the house, you're within the sound of my voice. Participate in those men of, men of honor rallies as well, because guess what, guys? Je- Albuquerque needs Jesus, not just New Beginnings. Albuquerque needs Jesus, and you and I are going to be a part of that. And so it's going to be July the 29th, and it's going to be at, um, Pastor, give me the name of that church one more time. Grace Church. Church. It's going to be, it's right there on San Antonio in Louisiana area. But please, you need information, go to NBCABQ.com, and you'll have all of the information there. You can also follow Men of Honor on Facebook and get all their updates and information because we need Men of God to rise up in this city and make a, make a lasting impact for the kingdom. Amen? And church, finally, I want to remind you about VBS. And that's going to be July the 23rd. We're just a couple of weeks away from Vacation Bible School. And I hope you're as excited, um, honestly, as I am. I don't show a lot of excitement. I'm trying. But I, you guys know me. I'm not a big emotional guy. But I'm very excited. Come the week of, I'm going to be just like them kids. It's amazing. It's amazing. To see the life change that happens in these kids. You see them and you're walking out and saying, God changes me. God lives in me. And God, they're, they're. we are instilling the word of God in these young, young minds. And so if you have children, preschool or really potty trained all the way to fifth grade, I encourage you, bring them in, sign them up. If you can't sign them up, then bring them in. Because some people are like, well, I didn't register them. I don't care. Get them here. If you register them, great. If not, I'm not mad at you for that. Just get them here, kids in your life. Maybe it's a nephew. Maybe it's a niece. Maybe it's somebody in your life that you're just saying. Maybe it's a neighbor kid that just comes around, just like I got nobody to play with, so I just come hang out with you, old man, like they do me from once from time to time. I don't know why my niece and nephew like to come with this, this old grump, but they do. And guess what? I hate it's VBS week, and they love VBS week because. You and I are making a lasting impact in the young lives of Albuquerque. Amen. And that's how we start. And for one, and then we allow them to now minister into their families. I wish I could have more time to tell you how that spreads from the young minds into their homes. And how many of you have come in here because your kid came to church camp? Or maybe your kid went to youth and they said, well, we love it there. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, let's see what this is all about. And then now you're stuck in this pew. Not stuck because, you, but you love it. And that's how you and I are making a lasting impact in this city. Amen, church? And we thank you for that. And how do we do that? It's because of your faithful tithe and your offering. And we say thank you for your obedience. More than anything else, I always say thank you for your obedience because it's not easy. I know it's not easy to hand over just 10% what you think is into this building. What you're doing is you're handing 10%. You're saying, Lord, of all you have given me, Lord, here's just much to impact your kingdom. To impact and grow your kingdom and make it a lasting impact in this community. And that's what you and I are doing, church. And I thank you for that. And if you have not set that up yet and you say, I want to be a part of that, please, I invite you. The ways to give electronically are behind me on the, on the screen or in front of you at home. You can sign up really, really quick. It's fast, easy, and it's super secure to do it. And that's how you can do it electronically. If not, there are tithing boxes that are the doorways here at the church. And I thank you, church, one more time for partnering with us week in and week out and always going above your your tithe with your offering for making a lasting impact in this community. Amen. So let's celebrate what you and I are doing in this community and let's get involved. Amen. Thank you, church. And with that, I turn over the platform to our senior pastor.
1: Thank you, Pastor Michael. Wait up real quick. Yeah. I forgot to do this first service. (laughs) Today is Pastor Michael and his wife Barbara's 18th wedding anniversary.
3: Oh, amen.
1: Barbara, we love you. She's back in the booth back that's there.
2: The,
1: that's the lucky lady over there. That's right. The lucky. That's the lucky lady right there. Oh, God bless you,
3: lucky lady.
1: <laughs> 18 <laughs> years, 18 brother. years my brother. My God, God give you many, you many, many, many Thank more. You. What a joy to be in the house of God and to celebrate his goodness. Guys, our ministry believes in partnering with other ministries, like Pastor Mike said. I believe we reach our hand to every blood-washed Christian and say, hey, we're part of each other. We need to change this world together. And one ministry that we partner with is the Gideons International. I don't know if you remember, if you, like if you ever go to a hotel, they have a Gideons Bible there. If uh, At your school, they might have given you one. They gave me a Gideons Bible when I was 10 years old. 55 years later, I still have it. And it it really has, I said, wow, who would have ever thought, I didn't even know what it was. I wasn't brought up in a church where they said, read the Bible. And all of a sudden, here I am now living the Bible and sharing the word of God. We have with us a minister and I say minister because he's a Gideon and he's down from Australia. So say, good day, old chap. You know, but, uh, but I want to introduce you to Patrick Jones. He's going to share, and then I'm going to come up and preach. But uh, this is Patrick Jones. Patrick, make your way up. He's going to share some of the things that <clears throat> Gideons are doing and we could do partnering with them. Patrick, thank you for being here. He's a rancher or farmer. He raises Angus beef. Mmm. Rudy's barbecue, baby, right after church. All
3: right? Blessings to you. you. Church. I said I haven't thank brought you, any sir. T-bone steaks with me, I'm afraid. But what I have brought is good news from a far country. And that far country is in North Africa. For, for 12 months now, as the world has opened up, travel's still a bit fragile, but the Gideons have been on the road. We've been to Nicaragua. We've been to Indonesia. Indonesia, 170 million people, the highest Muslim population in the world. We've been there. We've been to New Guinea. We've been, we're, we're getting around again. We're moving. We're getting the word of God out. And they, they called for a, a team of, of two men. They wanted two men to go into the North African nation of Chad. The Chad is a challenging country. I purposely, I didn't look at the news before I went. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone. But I did find out that the, I, I couldn't get a, a visa from in Australia. The Australian government, red flag, don't go. Uh, also, you can't get travel insurance when you go. And the Gideons International said, we want you to sign a waiver. If anything happens to you, we've never heard of you. So you put that in your pocket. That's a wonderful thing to travel with a waiver, isn't it? I tell you what, the Lord Jesus doesn't give you a waiver. He knows us and he goes with us too, doesn't he? He goes with us and before us. And that's how we landed in Chad and they sent me out to the uh, eastern side towards the Sudanese border. Hot, hot like I was down south the last week, 105 degrees. Hot, dry easterly wind. Never saw a white man the whole time I was away. Total Muslim area. Well, about 95% Muslim. Headed out there, made a big mistake. I travelled at night and I travelled by public transport. Horrendous trip. Three times dragged off the bus by uh, security or whatever they were, machine guns. I tell you, when someone's got a machine gun, they tell you, put your hands up. You put your hands up. You just put your hands up. He stuck his hand in my bag. I thought, oh, no, there goes my money. Bought it out of nothing. I gave him a New Testament. We had New Testaments in French and Arabic. The French word for Bible is Bibli. So I just... Bibli, put it in his pocket, shut my bag and let me back on the bus and that. Uh, got out there, got to the town we were going to and the uh, military had taken over, the president had come in and they shut the town down, had to go further out east, went further out the east, took another bus trip and got to another town, a town called Obiche. What are we going to find? Are there Christians here? Are there Gideons here? Found a beautiful Gideon camp of men and women just serving the Lord and one of the harshest places I've ever been to. You know, Pastor, I was out there and I was, doing, I was working out. If, I'd, if I had to get home and all the, everything worked out right, buses and, and airfares, it was going to take me a, a week to be home. I was sitting there thinking I'd never been so far away from home in my life. But they welcomed me. They wash your hands, care for us before we eat. They share the meals. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, And, and you just immerse yourself in the moment. And you be with them and encourage them. And we bring them a message of hope. We don't go, you know, sometimes Christians think we've got to bring a message of telling off. But no, we don't tell them off. We, I tell them, I ask him, are you praying? Yeah, we're praying. Every Saturday morning, 5am. Are you distributing scriptures? We distributed all our scriptures last year. Are you speaking in churches? The pastor said, yeah, we're speaking in churches. Just the same as the things we're doing. Signing new members. I said, you, you blokes are an inspiration. There's nothing I can bring you, but I promise you, when I go back to Australia, I'm going to tell them that we're going to supply scriptures. There's no way they can get the money for scriptures. They barely get a feed. You know, one in six dies of malaria, chucking dysentery, diabetes. This death is just a part of life. It's tragic. They can't afford scriptures, but we can. And I promise them, we'll get them to you. You're going to distribute them, we'll get them to you. They took us to the school. It was a Christian school full of Muslim students started by missionaries years ago. 1979, the Islamic Revolution moved across North Africa, changed everything, but the school's still there. And they're all Muslims, and they said, come, we, we, we play scriptures here. They showed me the pastor. I sat down with the pastor. He was just thrilled to have a visitor. You know, just, they were just thrilled to know they're not forgotten. You know, and in an and, and individual business, basis, we let each other know, brother, sister, you're not forgotten. Same message we bring. The pastor said, "Look at this." He opened the drawer, and he opened the drawer. He brought out this big dagger, big dagger. Because all the Muslims men carry daggers; they just carry them. Everyone, everyone had a dagger except me. And I say, "Who needs a dagger when you got a sword?" <laughs> you know, who needs a dagger? And, and the pastor says, "He says, he says these kids they come to me at night like Nicodemus, one by one at night they come coming with a copy of the Word of God. He says, they want to know where's the place for the Muslim. He says, "Open the Scriptures. They're coming to Christ. These Muslim kids in the middle of a desert are coming to Christ one by one. And this boy came up to me and said, Pastor, I don't need this dagger anymore. I've got the Word of God in my heart. That's exactly what happened. I was in a church service on Sunday and this lady, she st- stood up. She had to speak and she spoke for a translator for me. And she said, my uncle, he went up to battle in the, uh, in the northern Lake Chad area where Boko Haram is still active, and it's, and it's pretty dangerous up there. She said, he went up to battle, and he put the New Testament. Someone gave him a New Testament. He wasn't even saved. He put it in his pocket. And, he said, and the battle went really bad, and everyone got shot. And he got shot in the New Testament. He saved his life. And when they opened the New Testament, the bullet stopped at Hebrews chapter 13 where the, where the Scripture says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amazing. You know, I said to Gideon, you have testimonies? We've got heaps of testimonies. Heaps of people coming to... Coming. That's why we place the Word of God. It's an effective way. You hear a testimony of someone coming to Christ, no matter how extraordinary it is, and that they always reaffirm what they believe with the, with the Word of God, don't they? They're always that, and that's why we place it. The Gideon ministry is so simple. The church supplies the funds for the word. The Gideons place the word. God speaks through the word. I love it because it's something I can't muck up, you know. Most things in life we try and get involved and we, we cause chaos, but we let the Holy Spirit speak through his word. And the, We were in uh, Ivory Coast a number of years ago just before the shutdown. A team of men were driving around in the, the countryside. They'd been out and they're trying to get back and they just couldn't find their way back. You know, sometimes you're in a strange land. They keep getting lost, and and then they found this road back. And I thought they thought they're going back to the hotel, and it was leading up this narrow path, and the path narrowed, narrowed until it stopped at a couple of gates. Stopped at a couple of gates, and they opened up. Let's go and see what this place is. And a woman comes. She said, "This is a leprosy colony." You know, this is a leprosy colony, still active. And he said, "How many people we got here?" She goes, "We have got 22 young people here." And they looked through the back of the Vehicle they had twenty-two New Testaments. She assembled them. They were standing in front of these these children were standing in front of the men. Most of them had no fingers, and that. So he opened the Word of God to them and started speaking the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. We sung about His blood. You know, you can't take the blood out of the gospel, can you? It's integral part. The blood. Hebrews talks about better sacrifice, better blood, the blood of Jesus. So you, when you've got those moments, you, you preach Christ. And they're preaching to these children. And all of a sudden, down the back, they could hear one of the girls wailing and crying. And one of the men went, to, went down the back to see what she was doing. He noticed not only she had no fingers, but she had no eyes. But out of her eye sockets, tears were flowing down her face. Tears were flowing down her face. She says, thank you, God. I came to this place to die. And now I know there's a God that loves you. Thank you, men. How do you think those men felt? You know, the only thing that stops us placing more scriptures is we need more men. A brother's talking about a men's retreat. Yeah, men, get together and then come back and serve and do and work and go. I stayed at a few missionary compounds. Some of them are pretty rough. All the missionaries I met there were elderly women from your country in the 60s and 70s. Some of them never been here back here for 40, 50 years. Serving the Lord, lonely. Where are the men? You know what, what are the men doing? When we were in the Philippines, we were able to look at these children when these young boys are coming towards us and look them in the eye and say, this is for you, young man. This is for you, young lady. Because in Australia, we've got the same problems you've got here. I won't, it's an abomination of what's been peddled to our youth, isn't it? We've got to affirm them and let them know who they are. If you want to see the best, first message of affirmation is in Matthew chapter 1 when Joseph found out that Mary, his Mary was pregnant and his heart was broken. He had every right to have a stone by the laws at that time, but he got put away quietly. And there's Joseph. But then the angel of the Lord came to him. You remember what the angel of the Lord said? Joseph, thou son of David. Joseph, son of the king. And our children are got to know they're sons of the king of kings. If you want to change the course of this nation, do it for the children. Talk about hospital, uh, uh, hotel Bibles, which we place, everyone knows that, but 95% of the word of God that goes out goes into the youth of the world, into little children, young children, into universities. You know, if you, if you um, got home or, and you got on your phone and you Googled Chad bus crash, in the end of January there was a bus crash. Look, I was on that bus for 30 hours that time I was there And thereby, the grace of God could be could be me. But I can tell you who was on that bus. Twenty-two people died on that bus. I can tell you who was on it. Young Muslim ladies, babes in arms, gone to a lost eternity. Gone. You know, outside of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no hope for anyone. That's why we spread the message of hope, the message that that is given to us, the church, the Christians that whosoever, whosoever can come to Christ. I thank you for support. Be encouraged. Good news from a far country, hard country, but God is working in North Africa. Thank you, brother.
1: Thank you so much, Patrick. We want to pray for you and for the Gideons. Father, we use Patrick as a point of contact for this amazing organization that's around the world taking forth the living word of God bringing life where there's death bringing hope where there's despair bringing promise father God where there's emptiness I pray father God that that word would come alive not only here in the United States but literally every place they go and might we partner with them to carry out this journey and this mission in the name of Jesus amen thank you my brother Joy to have you with us. If you remember Crocodile Dundee, that's his brother. Uh, youth, if they're still in here, I don't know if they had already left, but uh, youth, you, you're more than welcome to be dismissed. Uh, but uh, guys, I've been doing this sermon series called Building a Family with Purpose. It's so important to have purpose in our life, it's so important to have direction to know why we're here, know where you're going, know how you're going to get there. And God's word is very important, and it tells us how to do that. And one of the things that God tells us to do is to put others first, to really put others first, and I want to talk about that. I don't know if some of you read the story about the guy down in Florida. This was in January, the 28th day of January. This guy had gone in to buy a lottery ticket, and he's in line And all of a sudden, this lady comes in and barrels her way through. And she just got in front of him. And he's like, oh, go ahead and go first. So she went before him. And then he bought a lottery ticket. And he ended up winning. (laughs) And I thought, man, that'll preach. I go, lady, you're impatient. Man, she could have had the winning ticket maybe. All we know is that, you know what? When we put other people first, we really bless people. We really are a blessing. God wants us to be that blessing. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, the apostle Paul says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish, and don't try to impress others. Be humble and thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. He goes, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he does not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the human position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Father, I pray that, Lord, we really... Walk away here, Lord, challenged, encouraged, motivated to really put others first. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. I really think there's a confusion and a mistake that people don't know what it means to put others first. Putting others first doesn't mean you give up your values. You still have your values. That doesn't mean you surrender them and say, oh, well, I'm going to put them first. I've got to believe what they do. No, you continue to believe what you believe. You have core values that are established on the Word of God, and you keep living that out. But you show love and, 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 and respect by just putting them first. Putting others first doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. Some people say, well, I can't have. No, you need to have healthy boundaries in your life. You need to make sure you have boundaries, that you help them and help you stay on course and stay the the, the, the course. And then putting others first doesn't mean that you should submit yourself to abuse. Some people, because they put others first, well, you know what, that's the way I'm treated. That's just the way it is. I'm supposed to put them first. You're not supposed to be abused verbally, physically, psychologically, spiritually, in any way, shape, or form. We're supposed to be protected, and God protects us, and he's with us, but he's got to make sure that we use wisdom. So putting others first means to really think of others first. It's That you're thinking of others. You're not selfish, because we live in a selfish world. We live in a selfish mindset. And yet God is calling us to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. Putting others first that you model the nature of Christ. That means that you bring others incredible joy with your presence. I've joked around uh, by this many times. I go, there's two kinds of people. Those that walk in a room and bring great joy when they walk in. And those that finally bring great joy when they finally leave. <laughs> but... But all kidding aside, we're supposed to be a blessing. We're supposed to bring joy to people's life. And another thing is putting others first means that you open up your heart. They open up their heart to you. They start trusting you. They go, man, you don't have all these weird motives. You just want to love me because you love me. I love that testimony that Mr. Jones just gave. Here that woman came saying, I came here to die today, but instead I came to find out that somebody loves me. Jesus Christ loves us, and he wants to look out for us. Putting others first, does not it means that you create a more generous environment where you give and you share and you love and you pour out. Putting others first means that you receive from others more often because you start reaping what you've sown. So how do we put each others first then? Well, one of the first things we need to do is put each others first to bless them, not to manipulate them. To bless them, not manipulate. You've met people that manipulate, and hopefully you're not one of them. Those people that do something, and they go, you owe me now. You owe me. Hey, don't you remember when I did that? Well, that was 20 years ago, and I've done a lot of things for you since. Don't ever forget it, man. You owe me. You're like, man, you didn't sell your soul. But man, they hold that over you and they manipulate you and they expect you to do things because they did for you, now you better do for them and you better then, you better and you better and you better. And man, there's people that are manipulative like that. It's horrible. And I thank God none of you like that are like that here. The 9 o'clock service is filled with people like that. <laughs> They're a mess. I told them the same thing, that you guys are the mess. <laughs> but hear me, all kidding aside. You all have met people that are manipulators. That they don't do things just out of the goodness of their heart. They do things with a motive that now you owe them. In the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 46 through 48, it says, If you love only those who love you, what reward is there in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you're to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He's saying, in other words, I want you to have the right motives. I want you to do it for the right reasons. I want you to do it because you truly love and want to bless people, not because you want to manipulate them. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 25, it says, "The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That is so true. When you're a blessing to someone, man, you get blessed in return. We need to do that. We need to bless others. We need to encourage them. Second thing we need to do if we're going to put others first is be first in putting others first. Be first at putting others first. And what I mean by that is don't wait till they do something for you. Well, then, oh, well, they did it for me. Now I owe them. No, no. Go out of your way and you do it first. Just bless them. Overwhelm them with goodness. Overwhelm them with mercy. Jesus modeled that. Jesus, who is the savior of the world, he's the king of glory. It says that in the night that he was betrayed, when they're having the last supper, in John chapter 13, in verse, starting at verse 12, it says, after washing their feet, he, uh, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? Says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. He goes, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. See, Jesus was at the Last Supper. You read that story in John, I mean, in the book of Luke, chapter 22. And they're having dinner. And all of a sudden, all the disciples are there, even Judas. And he says, one of you has betrayed me. And immediately after saying, one of you has betrayed me, it's really interesting because it says an argument broke out as to who was the greatest among them. Now, you could hear them justifying their life. In other words, oh, it can't be me that betrayed him. You could hear Peter. Man, I even got out of the boat and walked on water. None of you guys did. See, I've been there for the Lord. And then you could hear Andrew, his brother, going, well, Hey. I'm the one that brought you to Jesus. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be here. And I'm the one that found the sack lunch what we fed 5,000 people with. Are you with me? They start justifying their life by their actions. And Jesus is saying, you guys don't get it, man you guys are trying to prove how great you are, when if you really want to prove how great you are, me, who is the king of glory, me, who is the son, the Messiah, me, who is the savior of the world, is washing your feet, because none of you washed our feet. You see, they were having the last supper, and the custom was that somebody washed their feet. They had a servant, but they didn't have any servants, because Jesus had sent Peter and John in to set the room up and they had a basin of water, they had a towel, they had everything they needed except someone to wash feet because you could just hear John and Peter talking and all of a sudden here comes Jesus and the disciples and then one of them says, hey man, I I need to wash the Lord's feet, yeah, well I'll wash them, yeah, no, I can wash them, no, no, never mind man, I'm not going to wash them. Because if I get down on my knees to wash the Lord's feet, all the other guys are going to expect me to wash their feet. I'm not going to wash their feet. You could hear if they were Chicanos, they would have said, chale. Which means, no way, man. And you could just see their arrogance, see their pride got a hold of them. Pride gets a hold of us. We're supposed to love first, but you know what? We don't love first. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 through 40, he says, Then the king will say to you, uh, those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. In your home, I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, and thirsty and give you to drink, something to drink, or a stranger, and we saw, you uh, showed you hospitality, or naked, and we gave you clothing? He goes, when did we ever see you sick or in prison? And visit you. And then Jesus says, and the king says, I tell you the truth. That when you did this to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. See, when we pour ourselves out and we give to those in need and give to those that are broken and give to those that are hurting. You're giving us unto the Lord. Don't wait till someone has to tell you. Step up and put them first. Be first at putting them first. Go out of your way and do whatever you can. Aren't you just blessed when somebody just goes out of the way and they go, hey man, I've been praying for you. And you're like, wow, thank you. Or they go over and just put their hand on your shoulder and they go, may I pray with you? And you're like, wow, I didn't even ask. And they just did it. Why? Because they're being sensitive to the spirit of God. They're being sensitive and they're seeing what needs to take place. And we need to do that. And to bring you to the next thing I want to say is that Put others first with your attitude as well as your actions. Have a good attitude about it. Don't do, okay, I got to do this. Oh, my gosh, okay, God bless you. Wow, I'm sure I'm glad you mean that. (laughs) I mean, haven't you ever had a waiter or a waitress serve you at a restaurant with a horrible attitude? Man, you don't even want to ask them for more water or more tea or anything. You're like, forget this, man. It's like asking an act of Congress for these people. What's wrong with them? They just have this sorry attitude. It's like, man, and you want to give them a tip, but you don't give them any money. You just say, hey, change your attitude. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but see, there, there's got to be something happening here. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, it says, and we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other for God Himself has taught you how to love one another, like we'd have to tell you how to do that. you know how to love and you know how to share love, but we don't always do it because we let our emotions get in the way we get our attitudes in the way i I was gassing up the other day, and i i I was going to pay cash, and I go to the window, and it was one of those little windows where they have the gas station at a grocery store, so it's not attached. And 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 when I get to the window, it says I'll be back in 15 minutes. And I said, I wonder when they put that there—15 minutes ago, or five minutes ago, or one minute ago. And I, so I'm waiting, and I wasn't in a big hurry because I had taken one of my grandsons to get a haircut. So I was just waiting. I was doing some reading, and all of a sudden I see some guys going. I go, oh, they must be there. So all of a sudden, they walk back, and I go, I guess they're not there yet. And then they finally got there, and man, they're going to town on this poor lady, man. They were screaming at her and telling her off. And I'm like, oh, poor man, poor thing. So when I went up there, I go, hey, young lady. She goes, oh, don't tell me. You're going to be mean to me, too. She started crying. I go, no, 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 I came to tell you, you know what? Thank you for your beautiful smile. She wasn't even smiling. I go, thank you for your beautiful smile. Then she looked up and she smiled. I go, see, there it is. She goes, that's just, everyone's been so mean. I go, you know what? I hope I'm not going to be one of those guys. I came to just tell you thank you. I need some gas. Here's my money. But you know what? God bless you. She was like, thank you for being nice. And I'm like, "Buddha, oh, a that poor thing, man. People are just mean. Haven't you noticed that? Have you ever, have you ever noticed sometimes you're mean? We, we've got to change our attitude. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing that. <clears throat> I'll never forget, there was this guy that used to come to the old church. And man, he always had a horrible attitude and really treated people kind of rough. And I would always try to show him love and just help him, give him food and stuff. And my staff goes, man, why, why are you so nice to him? He goes, he's just mean. And I go, well, who knows? Maybe he's an angel unaware. They go, there's no way he could be an angel. There's no way he could be an angel. (laughs) You know what? When he died, me and my staff were the only ones at the funeral. We went to honor him and let him know, you know what? There were people that loved you and there were people that cared. But you never know. You never know. Make sure you hear from God what he wants you to do. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 it says you must each decide in your heart how much to give don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully we don't we try to teach you about tithing we try to teach you about giving but we don't sit there and go you better give we're watching you if you're giving or not we're putting we we got our eye on you man I've seen some churches that, man, they're hardcore. You know what? We hope that you're a cheerful giver, and we hope that you are giving, because you're the one blessed for it. You're going to be blessed abundantly. That's why this congregation, we know how to share. We know how to give. Just on Friday, we gave out 15,000 pounds of food out in front of the church. It was awesome, and you volunteers are phenomenal. It was 100 degrees or 101. Thank God we had some shade. It was nice and cool. It was 95 degrees there. <laughs> but you know what? Nobody was complaining. They were serving with love. We need to serve with love. God's Warehouse, those of you that volunteer, thank you, and please start volunteering at God's Warehouse. We have a homeless ministry on Central. We feed three to 500 people every day. And man, some of them come all ragged up and tattered and battered, emotionally, psychologically, some physically, and our team over there just says, hey, it's good to have you God loves you. We love you. And they serve with a smile. Some of those people never get tenderness. They don't get any kindness until they go to God's warehouse. It's important that we show love. I'll never forget. Back in the day, do you remember First Cafeteria? Cindy and I had gone to First Cafeteria over on Central and San Pedro. And we're there and we're coming out and as we came out there's a bench right there and this guy's sitting on the bench and he really looked ragged he looked like he was probably homeless and cindy my wife goes hey richard let's buy him lunch buy him lunch babe and i go well i go i'm not feeling it i'm not i I, god didn't say me buy him lunch and she's like, ah, oh, Richard. I go, no, make me serious, babe. I'm not being, man. if God would have said I'll do it, gladly do it. I don't want to just embarrass the guy or anything. She so goes, Richard. I go, okay, babe, okay. I didn't hear God say anything, but I heard my wife say something. So <laughs> I went over to the guy and I go, hey, excuse me, sir. I don't mean to interrupt. I don't mean to, to embarrass you or anything, but. My wife and I would love to buy you lunch. You go, are you kidding? I just came out of that place. I'm stuffed. And I told my wife, I told you. (laughs) Look, I went with the right attitude. And let your attitudes line up with your actions. Do something. Do what you can. And the very last thing, if we're really going to put others first, put others first by And that first begins by putting God first. Is God first in your life? Is everything you own his? See, we're a selfish people. We we were born with this thing called flesh. And our flesh, our mind, our heart desires for us to come first and us to be first. And yet Jesus said, take up your cross and deny yourself and follow me. He's saying, put others first. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. In other words, God, you're first, not me. Might you be glorified and not me? And yet, what do we do? We go first, we go first, we go first. And yet, Jesus says in Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek ye first the kingdom and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. But yet we put ourselves first and we do that for us. And we, man, you see the selfless heart of a mother. The mom serving the food. Haven't you ever been there where you guys didn't have that much food? And mamas, you guys are serving your kids and make sure the kids and your husband eats first. And then you finally get some, and there might be one tortilla left, and you got it, and you, you got a few beans and a few, little bit of chile, and you're going, oh, thank God I got a little bit for me. And then one of your kids goes, Mama, are there any more tortillas? And you go, yes, mija, yes, mijo. And you give them your tortilla. And they go, Mama, aren't you going to eat a tortilla? I was, but I gave it to you. No, no. <laughs> See, you don't say that. You just gave it away. You don't, no, 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 I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, I didn't want a tortilla after all. Because you wanted them to, to come first. We need to have that heart, that attitude. In 2 Corinthians, or in, uh, rather in uh, Colossians, let's start there first. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, the apostle Paul says, and Whatever you do or say, do as a representative of Jesus Christ. And so whatever you say or do, you're doing it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God, the Father. So we need to have a right attitude. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, "Think Think about the things of heaven, not the things on earth. So it's saying, be heavenly minded, but don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. In other words, what does God want me to do? And then do it. In Ephesians chapter five verse one it says Imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his children to so imitate your Father in heaven. Imitate God in Second Corinthians chapter eight verse four and five it says they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift the uh, in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Because then, even more, they had hoped. They gave more than we had hoped for. Hear me, Paul is taking up an offering for Jerusalem, and he goes, they even did more than we had hoped for. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and not to us, just as God wanted them. God really wants us to do something amazing. He wants us to do something of giving our heart, mind, and soul over to him. He wants us to really put others first. And that's why we partner with people like the Gideons. That's why we partner with missionaries around the world that we support. And around this city. And around this country. Because we want to make a difference. Not just in New Mexico. Not just in Bernalillo County. Not just in Albuquerque. But even here. But we're saying, God, you need to use us for your glory. Use us to bring glory to your name. Use us to be able to impact the lost and dying world with the love of Jesus Christ. Use us to reach the lost and dying, to bring in healing with the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do, and that's how we do it. And that's what we need to do. I don't know where you are I don't know if Jesus is first in your life I don't know if you've put him first I don't know if you've surrendered all to him I don't know if you've said Lord into your hands I release all of this I don't know if you've said God I don't want to live for me anymore I want to live for you and if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to receive him as your Savior and your Lord raise your hand and say Pastor that's me I've never done that is there anyone here today that wants to do that and i say praise the lord that means everyone has and if you haven't i pray you have another opportunity to do that because you know what someday you're going to have to stand before the lord you're going to have to stand before him was there someone that raised their hand is that what you're telling me i can't see the light well then would all of you stand with me and we just want to pray <laughs> Maybe God is dealing with you and you're saying, wow, there's some people I need to reach into their life. Maybe you haven't been putting people first and you need to say, God, today I want to take up my cross and follow you. Or maybe you're doing something and God wants you to do even more. So I don't know where you are right now in your journey or I don't know if you're going against a trial that's really overwhelming and you want prayer with somebody, I encourage you to come up as we sing this song, and then we're going to close in prayer. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Would you sing this out? Please don't leave yet. There's one more thing I'm going to ask of us. Thank you,
4: Jesus.
1: for all you're doing here and those watching online father we empty ourselves Lord God so that we won't be full of ourselves anymore instead we want to be filled with your spirit so father God guide us and lead us how to do that I pray in the mighty name of Christ our Lord amen guys we want to partner with the Gideons today and I want to take a special offering for the Gideons. so on the way out we have our ushers with a bucket I hope you'll be generous. Patrick, would you pray for us? And, uh, yeah, that's on, so go certainly, ahead. Certainly.
3: Father, I thank you. This church is evangelical, not just in name, but in, the way, in, in nature and what it does, Father, it reaches out. Uh, I pray for the, the money that comes in for scriptures, Lord. We've seen the transformation, the Word of God, makes in the lives of men and women, boys and girls. I pray your blessing upon these people, Heavenly Father. They've been a blessing to me, Heavenly Father, today. And for the past, I thank thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you,
1: church. We'll be seeing you this Wednesday. And uh, there's a Gideon table. You could even go by and talk to one of them about becoming one. God bless you. You're dismissed.